football fans, this is Corey Thorpe and John Cooper here with your quarter final edition of the NAI F-Ball show. Again, I'm Corey Thorpe. That's John Cooper. Uh, what a great weekend of football. Corey, before we get started about this awesome, you know, this opening round weekend that we just had, uh, you know, we had two upsets. People in the comments, if you can't hear us or if something's off, uh, just leave us a thumbs down or anything or tell us. If not, we're going to continue on. I think we're all good and golden to go. Corey, why don't you just go ahead and thank the people that make this show possible. Absolutely. This show is brought to you by Fifth Quarter CFB. They are our parent company. They are the ones who are helping us get out to Grambling. They are awesome. They love what we do. Um, and also by Temple Sporting Goods, powered by AdCraft. Um, they are great folks. They are lovers of NAI football. Um, in point of fact, the guy who contacted us about it originally, his son, plays NAI football. You know, you can't be that. Just the connections you guys make. For the 30 of you joining us right now, we're excited at what's going on. My biggest advice to you, if you are playing NAI football right now, Network, network, network. It'll get you far in life. But let's go ahead and get to the scores, Corey. Before we do, let's, okay. let's just do a little bit of shout-out about who is uh, clothing us out this week. Yeah. You're rocking the Reinhardt shirt. You put the laptop, you see the Reinhardt right here. I am a cold Florida boy, so I am absolutely loving this Kaiser jacket. And I've got the Indiana Wesleyan rocking underneath, so I've got both going at the same time. But let's get to the getting. First one up is Morningside and Dickinson State. Uh, unfortunately, not exactly, you know, what, uh, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary here. Now, we all expected this, and Morningside makes it look like video game numbers, especially early in the NAIA playoffs for the past decade, at least. You know, they've won nine straight GPAC titles. Just don't quote me on that, but it's been a lot. You know, the culture's been building there for Morningside. They put up 638 yards, Corey. I can't even do that in NCAA 14 or in my dreams in NAI 19. I tell you what, you know, we talked about it um, last week when they announced the pairings. Um, we talked about uh, how would they play Northwestern. If you were Northwestern, you had to be perfect. You could not waste drives. And, and Dickinson... Um, Unfortunately, they just wasted too many drives. Corey, Morningside has way too many weapons. A lot of new faces coming in this year, and they have not missed a beat. It just shows you just the culture that Coach Ryan's built over there. And, you know, we talk about Arnage Ponder a lot, and deservingly so. That's how they start games with him. And most of the time this season, they haven't had to finish with him. I'm looking forward to a game when RJ Ponder has to start and finish, kind of like the national championship game last year. You know, Dickinson State just had no answers. When you're giving up 638 total yards, what are you going to do, Corey? Honestly. I'm, I'm going to take a, a, a little leaf out of your book here. Um, it shows in my box score that Ponder had zero lost yards, which is a testament to the offensive line. line. We saw them last year, guys. If you are the real deal offensive lineman, I'm telling you, Morningside has a better offensive line than most FCS teams. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there right now. They are huge. They are big. They can single block you. And when they do no double teams, 
You're not going to want to get in the way. I'm telling you right now, Morningside has those slow slip screens in their pocket waiting for that valuable opponent to test them. Now, John, we talked about this game, the Marion Reinhardt game, and we said watch for this to be a low-scoring slugfest. And by God, if we weren't right. You know, Morningside, excuse me, not Morningside, we're off of them. Marion and Reinhardt are probably the two most visible teams in the playoffs, and they met around one. Um, Charles Salary, they feed the rock to him. Corey, you probably know how many carries he's got. I imagine he was well over 25. 26. 26. They split the load with Tristan Tonta. Uh, Tristan, if I'm butchering your last name, I apologize. Um, but a lot of it was what we said last week, and it made us look like geniuses in this game. The difference was Ethan Darter. Right. Because both of them like to pound the rock, but Billy Hall for Reinhardt only threw the ball four times for five yards and in in an interception. Yeah, they've only had one completion the whole game. And we know Reinhardt loves to run the ball, and that's Reinhardt's identity this year. They know that's what they do well, but when you're one-dimensional, that's what's going to happen. You know, when Reinhardt first came on the scene, Corey, in 2013, they were more of a wing T triple option setup. You know, they will swear up and down. They are not wing T, but they still have the wing T fundamentals there. I saw and it, John. That's, I yeah. that I saw it. I was watching the game, and I saw them run out of the wing right. T. I promise you. So, Marion just out-physical Reinhardt, and that's why they won that game. Now, let's get to the one that I have to eat a lot of crow about. You need to go get you some fish out. Hey, you picked it wrong, too. <laughs> yeah, but they're coming after you, though. <laughs> but you know what? We have been bulletin board material before. We will be bulletin board material again. You know, there is no way, Corey, that I thought in my right mind that Kansas Wesleyan would beat the in-state hard opponent. And they had me eating my crow sandwich and liking it. Very explosive with Johnny Photo and uh, Marco Pruitt. Yep. You know. And that defense, we heard all year that Baker was a little limited on offense. But I thought Baker was one of big boy football, the Coyotes. Was I wrong? The Coyotes on defense suffocated Baker. Baker could do absolutely nothing after that first drive. Yeah, and, and to Baker's credit, they limited Shaq Bradford on in their offensive game plan. He only had two tackles for loss in one sack. Corey, at this point in the year, if you can't stop the most dominant player or at least give help to contain him, you're pretty much a sucky coaching staff. But, but you know, but, but when you do key on one player, the other people come to party. Yeah. And that's what happened. All the other 10 players came to party for Kansas Wesleyan. Baker was held to under 300 yards. The Coyotes are the real deal. They are a force to be reckoned with in this playoffs. Out of the eight teams remaining, they have probably the most momentum going for them. Well, second most. We'll get to that in okay. a minute. We'll okay. get to that in a minute. A little close one there for, for Grandview. I think, you know, they played in a close one before. It was, you know, a little bit referee decided. But I, I think this is a... This is a good close one for them. You know, it was interesting. There's, there, This is another one that should have been an upset. This is the second game this year that Concordia lost on a block kick. Uh, St. Francis blocked right. one, and now uh, Grandview. And it, this is just like Kansas Wesley and Baker. Corey, no way do I expect Grandview to give up 30 points to anyone with their defense. Yeah. And Concordia just stayed true to themselves. 
and had a great game on the ground and just pounding the rock. Yeah, to be fair, Grant, you had a good game plan to limit Omar Sinclair to only 51 yards on 15 carries. Um, but Peter Morrison almost had 10 yards per attempt. Uh, and, and three touchdowns did not throw a pick. That's what kept Concordia in this game. We see over and over again that the lack of turnovers will keep you in games. Oh, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, Grandview, this is the part of the year where you're just surviving and advancing. If you make it through, you just keep going. No matter how ugly, how pretty, how dominant the win is, you're there, right the ship, and just make it to that second round. And I'm very excited to talk about Grandview's second round game coming up. It's going to be a good one. But I made reference to this a little earlier. I think the team with the most momentum in these playoffs has to be the College of Idaho. You know, this is the first time College of Idaho's ever made the playoffs, and now they are on a 16, that's right, 16-game winning streak, second behind Morningside. You know, we talk about their quarterback, Peterson, who's been absolutely phenomenal, and we'll get to him being, we're just going to go ahead and spoil it for you. He was the player of the week. We'll get to it in a little bit. But he does it on the ground. He does it through the air. When they roll him out, he's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, um, one thing they that... Our um, our friend that, that covers Carroll told us uh, last week when we talked to him was watch for, um, for no, it was our, our friends from, um, from JV. Yeah. Was watch for, for Ottawa to, to come out and run. Right. Bit. And, and they did with Christopher Ewens. He rushed for over 100 yards in that game. But Austin McCullough also had 51 attempts. And what really sunk Ottawa, three picks. Three picks. And they also lost the fumble. So they had four turnovers. Yeah. You know, if you can't stop an offense and then, you know, you have four turnovers, yeah, Ottawa had success on offense, but you're not going to keep pace for somebody like College Idaho. Yeah. If you have no defense to withstand it, you better not turn the ball over. And that's and that's what happened uh, in that game. So we move on to St. Francis and Lindsey Wilson. That was, that was a good game, too. That came down to the wire. Yeah, so we talked about if anybody you had to have in the first round, you did not want St. Francis. They were the 2017-2018, or excuse me, 2016-2017 national champions. Uh, made it to the semifinals last year. You know, everybody thinks St. Francis is a little down, but that is the best playoff coach you could go against. Yep. No matter if his team is up or down, you do not want to see Hall of Fame coach Donnelly in the playoffs. Coach Oliver did really well, especially getting him back. We talk about all the time about how, you know, when it comes down to it, whether it's on the rollout, scrambles, or design run plays, when Lindsey Wilson's in trouble, they get Cameron Dukes running, and that's how they scored the game-winning touchdown with him running. Yep, he had 21 rushes on the game uh, there now. Granted, four of those were sacks, so, you know, take take those four out. But that still makes him the leading rush. Two rush. rushing touchdowns. Right. Yeah. Two rushing touchdowns. Now, I will say, through the air, neither quarterback was really anything to write home about. Matt Crable was 12 of 24 uh, for 157 yards, touchdown and a pick. Yeah, and, you know, Matt Crable has to probably be kicking himself a little bit because that pick came late in the game and put Lindsey Wilson back in it to leverage that win. And Cameron you know, Dukes had two picks himself. Right. You know, and 
And I think, it, honestly, it's an impressive showing by the Cougars of St. Francis. You know, they were down just a little bit this year, but they managed to make a run at it. And we were almost talking about them in a second-round game. Now, Lindsey Wilson, you're the Bluegrass champions. You have a treat next week. So we're going to get to that. But let's go ahead and get to the first upset we had. I don't know if you can really call it an upset. You had startup program Kaiser in their first year, undefeated. They had an absolute war with the Cumberland's Patriots, the at-large team, also in the Mid-South Conference. You know, Cumberland's takes that game 28-24. Um, these teams played the first game next year, Corey. So Cumberland's absolutely has owned Florida the past two years. Any yeah. team from Florida, they take care of it. I will say, um, for Kaiser, they showed their inexperience a little bit. Uh, down near the end of the game, um, when Cumberland's was driving down the field, they had uh, you know, a player make a silly... 15-yard personal foul. You can't do that. Penalty. Penalty. Yeah. And that's not what a playoff-tested uh, team does. They know when to channel um, when, when to channel that ag- aggressiveness. Now, I will say, um, Cumberland's did a great job of limiting Burgess and Elam, the, the yeah. two-headed monster for for um, for Kaiser. Those two dudes had 51 yards combined. Right. Now, granted, Eli Matthews almost had 100 by himself, but if you're having to run your quarterback that much... Yeah, you know, you're, you're really looking for options there. One thing that impresses me about Cumberland's is how they can keep other teams' offenses off the field. They can grind some clock. Corey, most of their drives that score, it takes about four to five minutes for it to score. And when you keep that team off, rest your defense, you're really putting heavy pressure. It's like a boxer putting pressure on another boxer in the corner. Corey, they kept Kaiser in the corner all game. Even though it was close, the pressure was always on Kaiser, in my opinion. I'm trying to find that, um, see if I can find the, the um, time of possession stat for you. I don't see it right off. Oh, well. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Kaiser had to work for everything, and, and I think that going forward, Kaiser's next year going to want to prove a little bit. Yeah, and you can say definitely, I think Kaiser's, the Seahawks of Kaiser are definitely one of the new faces of NAI football. And, you know, Corey, I'm going to be honest with you, if uh, the NAI ever hosted a bowl game, West Palm Beach is a great, great place. Oh, that'd be a great place. So uh, let's go ahead. The last game is the upset we had. St. Xavier 25, Northwestern 20. The Cougars go down to Orange City, Iowa, upset Northwestern for the second straight year in the first round. Northwestern's been upset by a team seated lower than them. You know, we talked about Northwestern just getting a place at the table. You know, you lost to GPAC, Corey, but you still had, you know, eyes for the big picture. You're one of the few teams that went head-to-head with Morningside. It just seems like after that Morningside game, it's like a Morningside effect. Yeah. You're, you know, they just played down after that game. And something's got to give them that culture of that program to where they just keep playing at a high level after Morningside, whether it's a win or a loss. Now, I will say, St. Xavier tired that defense of Northwestern out, and I don't know, uh, I didn't get to see a lot of that game. Right. Um but I don't know if it was because Northwestern was trying 
to let Saint Xavier Nicola die to because they right. they were trying to give up um, prevent a big play yeah. or or if it was the fact that they weren't aggressive enough when they were supposed to. I will say Northwestern played a lot of bend don't break that game. Uh, a lot of drives for uh, Saint Xavier getting That's down the field and they weren't points. able to convert some of the drives. It kind of felt like Saint Xavier should have won bigger than they did. I'll agree with that. Uh, to your point, Saint Xavier ran ninety plays. Um, on that Northwestern defense, that's gonna that's gonna impact your ability to defend. Coinma, uh, the, the quarterback for Northwestern, um, you know, threw two picks as well. Um, you know, we, we say it over and over again. Uh, yeah, with a fumble. Yeah, with, with a fumble, and and Saint Xavier held Morningside to sixty-eight yards rushing. Um, if you can't if you can't run this time of the year, you're 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 kind of. In a, in a problematic place. And Northwestern, Corey, is so close to just, you know, taking that next step as a program. But this was supposed to be their year with all the upperclassmen they had. So, but, you know, like Morningside, the culture keeps going. New faces appear, but the culture stays. I think Northwestern has a very high-quality culture right now to look forward to. But let's go ahead and, uh, you know, talk about the first-round MVP and we got Darius James Peterson, the quarterback there. And, uh, you know, we talked about the JV Sports Show talking about us, but what about Jason Walker? You know, we talked about he he, uh, he was covering Carroll Sports, very knowledgeable out there in the Frontier Conference. And, Corey, I want to say this. I think if you put another Frontier Conference team in, they might be in the second round, whether it be Montana, Western, or somebody else. But let's get back on Peterson. Hey, 188 passing yards. 138 rushing yards with five touchdowns. He did it all for them, and they did not struggle at all. No, not at all. And um, uh, he gets for his efforts uh, an edit. So yeah, if, we're we're going to get on that. We'll have that by tomorrow, I think. Darius, if if you're watching and you have a, a picture that you would like to be uh, edited. Um, Please DM us, let us know, and we will we will do that. Otherwise, we'll just pick one. So, yeah, when you like, send it to us. Right. Uh, let's talk about 417 for a bit, our, our buddies there. We don't have our helmet tonight uh, on us, but they do all sorts of helmets, all sorts of prints. Corey, with only eight teams playing right now, that means 80-plus, 90-plus teams are having banquets coming soon. I would suggest maybe buying some miniature helmets for your seniors. Yep. I know we even give gifts on Senior Day. But I know some teams do banquets. That's an awesome gift to give a miniature helmet. 417 is the guy for that. If you need any information, we are affiliates of them. Um, I know that they're a sponsor, but we also are an affiliate, so we can get you hooked up with that. Just let us know. Let's go ahead and get to this week's game. Man, it's a good week of matchups. We've got Morningside versus St. Xavier here. <laughs> so the question is, can St. Xavier repeat what they did against Northwestern, against Morningside? Can they uh, use their offense to keep the potent offense of Morningside off the field? Well, I will say, Corey, as dominant as Morningside's been, you got to think of the quality teams they've played. Dickinson State, as much as I love those guys over there, they were questionable just to get into the playoffs just because of the qualifications of winning your conference, getting you in there. But how many quality defenses do you think Morningside's played this year? I have Northwestern. You can count Dickinson. 
But other than that, they played a lot of middle-of-the-road teams to below average. I think their statistics, if you go look at it, overly saturated. I think the thing to beat Morningside, and I think uh, Benedictine showed it a little bit last year, is you have to stack the box and hopefully Dolinchek makes mistakes. Yeah, um, and, and like we've said, the last two or three weeks, you've got to be efficient with your opportunities. You cannot go hunting, turning it over on downs. You've got to get your third down conversions taken care of. Your offense has to stay on the field and keep Morningside. Trying to think. I believe Morningside and St. Xavier was a second-round matchup last year, too, in the playoffs. I really do think so. Uh, I know St. Xavier defeated Marion first round. Morningside defeated Rocky Mountain. And I believe they played the second round. So, you know, St. Xavier will know what they're up against. Go ahead and check me on that. Yep. Yep. And they lost 51 to 14. So, St. Xavier knows best than anybody what they're up against. But I'm definitely picking Morningside. Yeah. I'm still going with Morningside. Even though, yes, we don't know that they faced that many quality defenses. Yeah. I'm not 100%. They're dominant. They're a juggernaut. I'm not certain that St. Xavier has has the defense to keep them down, and I, I'm not certain that St. Xavier's um, offense is going to be efficient enough to do the job. Now, Corey, second game, Upset City. I'm picking Cumberland's Patriots over Marion. I'm telling you now, Corey, Cumberland's has way more firepower than Marion. I think they outscored them to win this game. I know how bland and cliche that sounds, but Cumberland's is going to win that game. If Marion struggled with a one-dimensional Reinhardt team, Cumberland's is going to take it. I'm going to agree with you on that. Um, I like the way the Cumberland's kept the Kaiser running backs in check. Yeah. And I think they can do the same with Salary. A lot of speed from Kaiser, and they contained it. I think they can do the same with Salary, and, and I think they can can deal with Darter um, enough um, to go into Indianapolis and get that W. And I think that's an absolute just big win for Cumberland. And as a program, as a program, they've been there before, not recently made a huge playoff run, but you know, a couple years, um, you know, earlier in the decade, they made a, a little run. But I, I think it's in the DNA of the school, you know, DNA of the players, those players realize what the history is over there. I mean, that's, and, you know, Marion is one of the top dogs in all NAI, Marion St. Francis. But I definitely think Cumberland's has enough firepower to go out and beat them. And only just be a court, I have them by two touchdowns. Ooh, I don't have them by that much. But I, I think, for me, that's not as, as easy a pick as, as, we, as, as you think. Yeah. But I think they'll still get it done. Um, let's, let's go to... Uh, Shall we call it the pro game? Let's, let's have fun. Kansas Wesleyan, you have made me a believer. You are explosive. You are dominant. You are physical. Everything. But I'm not that much bigger of a believer. I have Lindsey Wilson defeating Kansas Wesleyan in a close one. Cameron Dukes is going to be the difference. I think just, I'm telling you, when they get in trouble, he's going to be taken off. And I think that Lindsey Wilson offensive line is going to prevail. I think they key on uh, Shaq Bradford over there. But unlike Baker, they don't let the other 10 enjoy the party, Corey. 
they can go man for man in their matchups in that offense and defense. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that one. I think that, uh, and I was just reviewing the the box score while you were talking. Um, Aguinaga for Baker only rushed five times. Now uh, he's he's been, if I remember correctly, he's been a little more active on the ground this year. Right. Um, you know, but I I think. Having a dual threat quarterback back there for, for Lindsey Wilson is, is going to be um, a big deal for them. I think that their defense will be good enough to keep Kansas Wesleyan. I'm just going to go ahead and say, Corey, Lindsey Wilson's more battle tested than Kansas Wesleyan. Yeah. Um, and Kansas Wesleyan is an elite team. Do not think I'm disrespecting right. the Coyotes at all. But three. Team yes. in the round of, in this quarterfinal round is elite. Right. So I, I definitely I definitely have Lindsey Wilson winning that game. Let's go ahead and I would say this is the game of the week in the second round. Grandview versus College of Idaho. How can that Grandview defense that gave up thirty points last week contain Darius James Peterson? That's going to be such a hard test. And if you're Grandview. This is not the, the opponent you wanted. No. You wanted somebody else to have to deal with College of Idaho. Yeah, you wanted somebody week. else to knock them out. So I, I'm looking to see what linebacker Grandview has to key on Peterson. I want to go with their leading tackler, Ben Slavens. Corey, you know, you got to have a spine on him. A dual threat quarterback, you just can't leave him unchecked. But here's the second upset you're picking. I'm picking, I don't know about you, I'm picking College of Idaho to defeat the fourth seed, go on to 17 straight wins, and defeat the Vikings. Not very popular. I've been on the Vikings bandwagon all year. I'm still on it. Amazing defense. Coach Joe Woodley's had an amazing first year, but I just don't see the ride for College of Idaho ending here. I've been going back and forth on this game. All day. And honestly, I didn't even want to make a public pick, but I'm, I'm going with Colorado. I didn't, I, yeah, I've been going back and forth on this one all all day, um, ever since I saw the matchup. You know, because I picked Grandview right. last week. I was really hoping it wouldn't be College of Idaho, because that's, that's going to be a problem getting for anybody. I mean, you know, I, I wish this was a semifinals. Oh, my gosh, I know. And so, but, you know. But you know what? At least they didn't give us more than Ty Grandview. Right. And I say they didn't give us that. that they, they heard our impassioned pleas. Yeah. And so, they gave us Grandview College by the host. Now, let's go ahead and just talk hypothetical before we end it. If Morningside and Mary, or excuse me, if Morningside and Grandview win, Corey, do you think it's the best interest of the NAI front office to send them different directions? Corey, Louisiana, Grandview, we're going to be there December 19th. I'm looking at the map. That is the biggest game you can get. If and you, you want to be behind y'all, and we've got it written up yeah. on the board. If you're in the front office, you're hoping for Morningside Grandview. Now, I don't think those two will make it. I think they, if they went out, I think the front office, man, not the front office, but the those that are in the power of making these decisions, I think they match them up in the semifinals, sadly. You've almost gotten to. But, I mean, what's the point in talking hypothetical? I don't pick College Idaho. Yeah, I, I mean, just looking at but it. But just, 
Just hypothetical. The only way that Morningside and Grandview don't play each other, I think, is is if Kansas Wesleyan wins. Because yeah. it, either, either way on Marion and Cumberland's, they would play Lindsey Wilson. Right. Um, I, I think Cumberland's and Morningside would be the matchup, and then Kansas Wesleyan and Grandview. Yeah, that would, that's the only way that that, that would work. I'm going to... It pains me so hard. I'm going to have to go with College of Idaho. We agree on everything yeah. for the second straight week. Yeah. Hey, I see well, we were pretty good. What did we pick? Okay, we went Morningside. We both picked that right. Marion, we picked Kansas Wesley wrong. Randy, right. College of Idaho, right. Lindsey Wilson, right. Cumberland's, right. And then I can't remember Northwestern. I think I picked Northwestern on that one because I, I, I'm... So we're six, six and two. Six and two, that's... that's six and two, uh, not bad at all. That's three, that's, that's seven. For the experts in NAI football, that's way better than college game day. This means we should be able to get three out of four <laughs> here. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with College of Idaho. All right, so um, let's make the picks official. Me and Corey rarely agree, but well, here we go. Please. We're picking Morningside, Cumberlands, Lindsey Wilson, College of Idaho, if there's Vegas spreads on it, which they're not, but if there were, take it to the bank. Absolutely. I, I, man, this is going to be such a fun week. Now, here is, here's the problem, and, and this is something I want to bring up with you before we end. Have you looked at the times for these games? They're all at noon. Every single one class did one of them. Yeah, you got to start playing some night games. And let the kids so enjoy nice. themselves. Okay. I so understand for, the travel, and I understand wanting to save money, but there's a reason why. I'm, I'm, but, you know, for the fan. Yeah. I don't have four screens to put yeah. this on, and I want to have four screens to put this on. Right. You know, so... I, I, I need these games at, at different times. Even if you go Let 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock, I don't care. Get them ready for the national championship game. Your national championship game is going to be at night. But anyways, guys, we appreciate you. We love you. Um, give us a share. We're trying to reach 3,000 followers. Our ultimate goal is 5,000. Once we get 5,000, we're going to be very happy. Yep. That is the goal, 5,000 on Instagram. So just tell your teammates. We do splash edits for free if you bring the followers in. Anyways, guys, stay classy. NAI Fall, slide it off.